Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Frisali back with another one. And I'll tell you what, I feel like I should not be calling myself Chris Frisali. I almost feel like I should be calling myself the East Coast Kid or, or Chris Wild again, uh, which hasn't been for like eight years. Uh, but the reason it being is because I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm really honored to be sitting down for this one. Uh, as you guys know, on this on this show, I've interviewed uh, celebrities like actors and, and writers and uh, comic book men and, and stuff of that nature. Today is a day I get to go delving into one of my own histories with somebody who has not only been uh, pivotal in community services as far as charity work and and uh, things of things like that, but also twenty I have twenty seven plus glorious years of pro wrestling and uh, managing and running his own federation. And also, unbeknownst to a lot of people, which we're going to dig into today, is a fa- uh, caring father, husband. Uh, there's just not enough I can say about the man. So, my honor to turn around and introduce to you guys, Mr. DC Laurie, a.k.a. Dan Laurie. Dan, how you doing today? Did I lose you? All right, how are you? I hope I can live up to all that hype you just did. <laughs> was that enough? Was it was no, it over okay. was it over the can top? I can hear you fine. <laughs> was it enough? Was it was it over the top? <laughs> Did I go a little too okay. far? No, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh for, for people that don't know, uh, I used to be a professional wrestler in independent circuit and uh I finished off my career pretty much the way I started with a with a team known as Youth Gone Wild and uh Mr. DC and I Pretty much retired together because uh, he was managing Youth Gone Wild. And, uh, well, he went back. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but our history goes way further than that. But before we even get into our history, I'd love to, for you to be able to finally tell finally tell the people your story, your history. Oh, God, I thought this was only half hour. I don't know if you have time for all that. But um, <laughs> All right, so I started 30-plus glorious years ago <laughs> with an organization called Wrestling Fundraisers, which started in 1986. Uh, I came in a couple, three years after their, their first class. Um, I came in um, just as Jimmy Gennetti and uh, J.T. Smith were leaving for what eventually became ECW. And um, I I could tell just from the few classes that I was in with those two, they were going to be absolutely phenomenal in this business. Um, But, yeah, so I I wound up working with the Maluski twins who were um, exactly that. I mean, they're, they're identical twins. There was no... No work there. That was a straight shoot. And natural tag team, um, like the Gemini Trojans, if you remember them. <laughs> you might have to describe it for some of the listeners, because some of the people listening may not have any idea who they are. 
the Malusky brothers or Gemini Trojans? All the above. <laughs> you're talking. <laughs> you're talking. You're talking. Thirty years ago, some of the listeners weren't alive then. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> well, it, it, the short version is the Maluski brothers were um, natural identical twin brothers who worked in Pennsylvania, AW, uh, AWF and w, uh, WFR. The Gemini Trojans were again natural a tag team because they were identical twins who uh, worked in, I want to say, besides AW4, uh, DCW. I think that's that was their main fit. Okay. And um, I, I just always got a kick out of that. I always thought that, uh, you know, brothers in general, being a tag team or a six-man, were really cool. But then when you have, um, you know, identical twins doing it, and I've worked with two sets, I just thought, you know, that was... That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I always got a kick out of the Valiant Brothers and how they mysteriously all of a sudden had a third brother that nobody ever talked about before. <laughs> that would be me. I'm the third brother nobody talks about. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, yeah, the redheaded. You always made yourself out to be the redheaded stepchild, though. That's on you, brother. That's not. I never did that. Dude. We just we just accept our roles in life. <laughs> but uh, no, the, the, so so what made you even get involved with professional wrestling? Um, I, I know that beforehand you had aspirations of more of uh, what I'm doing now in the sense of like radio work, DJ, uh, storytelling over the microphone. Yeah. Um... I was working for a magazine called ETC, Entertainment Talent Connection, and everybody always thought the name of the magazine was etc. and I'm like, no. <laughs> Although it works out. And, yeah, right? And I would go back to the publisher and tell him that all the time, and he was like, no, we're keeping it the way it is. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and uh, uh, I was a huge fan of, and, and this is really dating myself back now, of George Plimpton, who was a writer for Sports Illustrated and was famous in the fact that he didn't just like writing an article about a, an athlete or a sport in general. He liked to get down and dirty. He liked to get involved. Like, he actually tried out for the Detroit Lions at okay. quarterback. He actually... Um, did a preseason game with the Boston Bruins, if I can get that out, <laughs> against the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, and he was the goalie for a preseason game. So, you know, a couple of things like that, and um, I always thought that was really cool. So I happened to meet uh, Katina Fletcher, who was the valet for Tony Atlas when he was the heavyweight champion at ICW, the Savalti brothers. Okay, And I asked her if I could do an interview, and she said the better person to talk to because she was new to the business was her mom, Sharon, who was a promoter in New Jersey, South Jersey, I think South Jersey. And um, I said, okay, so they bring me over to their house, they sit me down. I, I don't know these two girls from Adam, and yet they're trusting me with... Uh, their their lives, their secrets, you know, the secrets of the business. I guess I just had an honest face. I don't know. 
and 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 Sharon's like popping in uh, VHS tapes of all these wrestlers in the tri-state area. Uh, I don't. I think most people should still remember what a VHS tape is. I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> they they've seen it on throwbacks on Facebook. They know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know Tony the technician, who I actually wound up working with at, at wrestling fundraisers, and a bunch of other people. And I mean, she really got into it because she was like, she was never uh, a worker um, uh, for. I guess normal people for you know a wrestler. If you're a wrestler in the business, we refer to us as as workers. Right. Um. So you know, so she was never trained to be a former wrestler in the ring, and but she was a promoter and she knew what she was doing from what I could tell, even back then. And instead of like what you and I would do, where you know we would work with somebody in a ring at some other promotion and then say, hey, why don't you come work with us? We're doing a show for charity, blah, 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 blah. You know? Right. Um, you know, she had to pop in these tapes to see if the idea of, of say, Tony the Technician working against somebody else, just like random name, uh, Mark Smart. Right. The person doesn't exist, but we'll make it up for <laughs> the, the, the point of the story. And um, see if those two, you know, styles worked, you know. Right. And I'm like, yeah, there wow, would be chemistry. Exactly. And I was like, I didn't realize that it was that, you know, time-consuming, that uh, uh, detail-oriented. I mean, you know, 30 years later, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I, I, my memories, my my memories, twenty years in the business was, uh, uh, yeah. You walk in and somebody says, "Yeah, you're facing this guy." You may have never wrestled yeah, him before exactly. in his in your life, you know. Never been in a ring with him before in your life, and it's just like, okay, how long and oh, who? Yeah. <laughs> how long and how's the finish? <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean, she really got into it, like, and her attention to detail was incredible. So I said, you know, being a George Plimpton fan, I said, is there any way that as part of writing this story, I could actually get into the ring and and talk about, like, actually working Tony? Which, ironically, I actually wound up doing in practice, but I'll save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and she was like, "Well, that you need a school for that. I don't, I don't uh, run a school. I just run a promotion." And I said, "Well, who? What school? You know, uh, can you uh, suggest that I can work out with?" And she said, well, "Actually, I have the perfect one for you." And it was called Wrestling Fundraisers, and it was run by Moondog Spike, who claims to have been in the. Uh, well, back then it was WWWF. I know, Moon Dog. And, and um, yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I, I I knew him when I was still a kid, and he was. Uh, he would. He would volunteer for the uh, the Jerry Lewis telethon here in Philadelphia. So I I knew him. Would back... he bring his, his? No, 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 no. You're the only would one with that collar and his. Oh yeah, yeah. He came in gimmick and all that, and he would he would he would uh, help guard okay. he would help guard the fishbowl, 
you know, for mm-hmm. for when it wasn't on camera with uh, Dave Roberts or Captain Noah. You know, he... Okay. He... <laughs> so I remember Moondog. Inter- interesting story behind Moondog. Um, he came into the money to actually start wrestling fundraisers because he was on a game show as a, contest- a contestant and won. And won a lot of money. Nice. <laughs> I just can't. I can't picture Moondog on Jeopardy. <laughs> I know, right? And he um, he decided that you know uh, he wanted to do charity work. He was a huge wrestling fan, and he wanted to do charity work. And to my knowledge, and no one has ever corrected me on this in thirty years, so they either don't know or I'm right. <laughs> To my knowledge, Wrestling Fundraisers was the first all-wrestling charity, well, all-charity wrestling federation. In other words, any money that was put in was with the idea of raising money for the charity. Any proceeds made was given directly to the charity. And all of the wrestlers who were trained were trained with the agreement that if they if they trained you, you were to be available for whenever they did a wrestling show. You know, right? So if it was a couple, three, four a year, you needed you needed to be available for that. You know, that came first. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm working every weekend, then I'll just make sure I keep those dates free. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, you know, so it it was. Now I call it, you know, we've paid our dues, now we're paying it forward. Right. That's one of the taglines I use now. And um, the other two trainers were Stan Lavdis, who was known as the Greek Warrior in, um, again, WWF, and Artie Palmer, who was known, uh, he was one of the Von Hellers. Uh, I think he was Baron. So, wait, was he Wolfgang? (laughs) <laughs> there was an Otto, no, wait, there was an Otto Von Heller and a Wolfgang Von Heller. I think he was Wolfgang. Okay. Um, and no, they weren't actual brothers, and no, they weren't identical twins, obviously. <laughs> that's that's why he doesn't remember them as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, be, honestly, I was called him Artie because that's what I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> You that's know, a, that's how I've ever known him when you and I have had conversations about RD. You've never once mentioned, like, a gimmick. <laughs> well, because, and for the listeners, I told this story on another radio show literally just the other day. For those of us who've been in the business, and you'll understand this, mm-hmm. um, you know, the first time we're introduced to somebody, that's what we call them from then on. You know, pretty much like he's, he's not wrong because even, even to this day, like I said, I've retired from pro wrestling eight years ago. Uh, I haven't been to a show. I haven't been involved in the, in the, the business. I haven't even watched it on TV yet. There are still people who, when they contact me, the first thing is a wild. I haven't been Matt wild in eight years or Chris wild in eight years yet. That's still the name I'm known as in, in certain circles. I will never be known by my real name. (laughs) they know it they just refuse to use it (laughs) you were matt wild somewhere else right 
uh, for most of my right. career. Most of my career, I started out as Matt Wild. Like I, I, I literally just told this uh, conversation a couple days ago too. Uh, when I started out, they mm-hmm. originally wanted me to be Chris uh, Matt Jericho, Chris Jericho's little cousin. Uh, Matt came from the now, fact at, at Grand Wrestling Alliance. Right? It was at Grand Wrestling Alliance. Grand Wrestling, okay. And okay. Uh, they, the reason for Matt is they thought I was a decent Matt wrestler. I was showing promise as a Matt wrestler, so that's where Matt came from. Uh, Jericho is because okay. they they said I reminded them of Chris Jericho, so that's why I should be Chris Jericho's little person. I didn't want to be a Mark gimmick, so that's where I came up with Wild. So Matt Wild was my name gotcha. all the way up until I came back to Philadelphia. Uh, working with Doc Diamond and and you and and rebirthing uh, Youth Gone Wild, and it was really right. Johnny Solo's fault that I became Chris Wild, because he ref- he like you said the first first time you introduced yourself to somebody the name you get introduced as is the name they remember. He could not for the life of him remember mm-hmm. Matt Wild because I was introduced to him as Chris. So yeah. I, as <laughs> in the videos and and in uh, in the uh, introductions all kept saying was chris wild chris wild i'm like well fuck this, that's my name <laughs> that's what i always called you too yes yeah, so. well, okay so grand wrestling and not grand wrestling alliance that was the hawkins brothers uh izzy avalis okay uh, Gra- uh the and hawkins the-, the hawkins brothers was uh pennsylvania wrestling alliance pwa pennsylvania okay pw okay which was and, the second um, federation i worked what for were you- <laughs> What were you called at at hard at uh, Hardwell Hamilton's place? Still city wrestling. I was still Matt Wild. Like I said, uh, I've been Matt Wild majority of my career. Uh, the only time I ever stepped away from Matt Wild was when I came to uh, came to uh, Doc Diamonds and I became Chris Wild inadvertently. Uh, I guess you can kind of count when I added on the moniker the East Coast Kid when I've had a face turn in Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling. Uh, b- but I also had an alternate gimmick, which was a uh, a, a vampire, uh, Antichrist vampire called the Thirteenth Apostle Christian Draconis, who had absolutely nothing to do with Matt Wild. It was just one of those things of like uh, I got bored playing Wild and came mm-hmm. up with it, and we just gave a run to see how he did. <laughs> he turned out to be a pretty popular character. <laughs> do you remember when there was uh, so much? Um, like confusion. Are you Chris? Are you Matt? I'm like, why don't why don't you just call yourself CM Wild? Yeah. <laughs> Which again, you know, everything everything in this business goes full circle. I refused to be Matt Jericho because I didn't want to be a Mark gimmick. And here, my manager was like, "Well, to feel the fix the confusion, why don't you just be CM Wild?" I'm like, "Yeah, nobody will see CM Punk in that." <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Everything goes full circle exact, in this business. <laughs> that's exactly what you said to me when I said it to you in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let let let's fast forward here. You uh you, you went went I'm to sorry, I apologize. I'm used to doing interviews too, so I'm gonna be <laughs> Oh yeah not to ask you questions while you're asking me questions. No, the, the the thing listeners have to realize is uh Dan and I have been friends for going on ten, eleven years now. And uh, longer, if you count the story that we will probably get to. Um, <laughs> one, the flying elbow pads? <laughs> yeah, the, fly, the flying elbow pads. Uh, but the, the one thing Dan and I are, are very accustomed to is we will go off on tangents. And uh, I, yeah. it, we, one of us always has to remember to bring us back into the fold. So this 
It's going to be a long interview, guys. Yes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, but to get us back on topic, so you so you went to uh, wrestling fundraisers, started training with with Arnie mm-hmm. and and company, and uh, from there was it was it just like you were going to do a tryout, so that way you had a taste for the for the for the article, or was it something like when you took that first bump, you just laid there a second and was like, "This is it. This is what I want." That this the last one. The last yeah. one. <laughs> I, I still haven't. The last. I still haven't written that article. Thirty years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's why that's why I was curious. Like, did you do did you do the tryout? And like, okay, you know, you, you're first thinking to yourself, like, okay, I've got what I need to write the article, or along right. the lines of it, you know, uh, that first real bump, you know, and you're just like. Oh, this, this, this is what I want. Like all of a sudden, the article's nothing. It's now I want to be a wrestler. Where do I pay? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, if you've never been, you have. But for your listeners, if you've never been in the ring, like uh, the idea of like falling down on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> or or running into steel cables, which are are called the ropes, okay, might not sound very appealing, okay, <laughs> but what a lot of people don't understand is um, there's a lot of physics involved, okay, and there's a lot of, um, I mean, it's called professional wrestling behind the fact that there's, the basis of the sport is amateur wrestling, what we call collar and elbow, you know, holds, grips, and um, but there's it's a lot like judo in that there you learn how to fall literally like I can't tell you how many people in the business that Chris and I have, have seen the memes you know that it's or, or, or I guess posts or comments right that they felt they fell down during a snowstorm or like they fell, slipped on ice and they took a perfect bump and got up like nothing happened and every everybody's like standing around them saying how are you not dead <laughs> <laughs> i've done it myself i can't i can't lie i've done it myself hit that hit that slick yeah. patch out of nowhere and it just be, uh, when you're a wrestler it's instinctive to fall into the protective ways that we fall and exactly so when i went down man like automatically tuck the chin and protect the elbow or not the elbow the tailbone Hit that, you know, ex exhale before impact. Was able to get right back up and just brush it off and walk away. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, I I when I was at uh, Penn State, I was actually on the the karate club there. Okay? okay. And then when I transferred to Temple University, I was asked to be the assistant judo instructor with my friend Norm Masera, who was the official judo instructor because I had taken his class before and I would spar with him and he was like well you know everything I'm going to teach help me out I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) and then when my goddaughter Erin who you know um, was uh, friends with somebody who was on the the, uh, Upper Derby High School their amateur wrestling team they uh, she asked me to you know come meet a friend, so I went, and then the um, the coach asked me if there was anything that I could show them, 
you know, that might help. And I said, well, I didn't do amateur wrestling. I have a martial arts background, so I don't know what's legal. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to show you the wrong thing, and then you get a point against, you know. But come to find out that the way I teach, and you know this from, from working, you know, helping me out with my, my schools, you know, the way I teach how to, you know, throw somebody at the beginning, okay, is I keep I keep the, the student tucked in, toward, you know, close to my body so that they can feel the fall before I send them, you know, do it the right way and send them flying in the air like I used to do with Skittles all the time. That's another story. <laughs> um, you know, and come to find out that in amateur, when you grab somebody and you you know, take them down for the fall, and if a, a fall counts, you know, um, as well as a pin, um, you know, as long as you keep them in tight, okay, and don't, and don't throw them, like, away from you like you would in a keto, which is hard to explain on the phone or, or radio or podcast. But um, in, in judo, you keep them in tight when you throw somebody. In a keto, you throw them away from you. It, it's really the the only way I can explain it off the top of my head. Right. And when I teach, I teach the judo version, okay, and then the proper wrestling version. And um, they said, well, actually, the way you teach your students for at the professional level is exactly what we can use at the amateur level. I'm like, cool. Perfect. <laughs> well, that, that that's a, I've, I've tried to explain that to people before, not necessarily on a podcast, but when, when it's about, like, uh, pro wrestling, I've always considered... Uh, now, now the kayfabe's completely out the window. We could discuss it. I've always considered it kind of stunt work mm-hmm. uh, because what we do is absolutely real, but how we do it is because of the fact that we have learned things like the bumps, the falls, to protect ourselves, to protect our opponents, mm-hmm. uh, in the move to, to soften the impact or, or whatever the case may be. But like I've always said before, you can't fool gravity. It's still stunt work. Uh, that being right. said, though, there is absolutely a uh, correlation to everything we do falls under either martial arts jiu-jitsu or Roman Greco slash collegiate uh, shoot wrestling in every in exactly. every sense of the word. You know, I think I think the only thing that would be and I, I, I will people can't see this on the on the uh, on the audio cast here, but uh, quotations here. The only thing that would be mm-hmm. fake I would say is, is we pull the punches and kicks, and even that's not always pulled. <laughs> Depends on who you're in the ring with. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've had a couple people I'm, that didn't I'm get sure. didn't get the concept of a worker punch. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember Scotty Ice? I remember Scotty Ice, yep. Yeah, oh, he, he used to get hot when somebody potatoed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It, 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 I, I meant to work with him in a tag team a couple of different times and never got the opportunity. And, um, you know, I remember one time, I don't know what the kid did, but he, he did something wrong, and Scotty lost it. And in in the middle of a match, okay, and, like, ripped off the kid's shirt and started chopping him, like, uh, like it, only because I've worked with uh, Patch the most recently. Like, you know, because, you know, Patch and Raphael right. were famous for their chops. Okay? 
it's actually and funny. It's actually funny. And, uh, that just popped right back into my head. You remember the first, uh, the first meeting of the Latin Connection versus Youth Gone Wild when we first came back as the uh, AWFR six man champions. And Raph was doing oh. Raph was doing what Raph does. He was just lighting up everybody. He lit up. Uh, 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 oh my God, uh, Frankie Frizzo. He 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 lit yeah. up uh, uh, Tony Amadeus, and uh, he lit up me. And then I shocked him because he, you know, he took his eyes off me. And what's rule number one when you take the eyes off somebody? Reverse the heat. So right. I punched him in the face, yeah. put him in the corner, and I fucking downward chopped him. And the look on his face, like this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, one of the reasons why I never took my eyes off of somebody. I wanted to know it was coming. <laughs> he took his eyes off me to play with uh, to play with uh, who was who was the rep at that time? That was uh, that was uh, Logan, uh, Jesse Logan. He he chased away Jesse okay. Logan, and I just I just you know I knuckled him in the in the, in the chin, turned him around in the corner, chopped whipped him off, uh, uh, gave a drop kick, and I rolled out real quick to tag in Tony because I knew what was coming. Because <laughs> Raph's the veteran, he's like, "This motherfucker just cut me off." <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew I some was, pain was coming my way. <laughs> I, I was the referee for uh, a match in, in, with Raph and Scotty Ice, and. Uh, they had decided to have a chop fest square in the middle of the ring. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'm literally standing right there. There's nothing I can do. I mean, a chop is a legal move in wrestling, so if they want to sit there and trade chops, it, there's, it's legal. And I, you know, mm -hmm. I, my hands are tied. And, but they lit each other up. Like, like at one point... I wasn't sure who was making the bigger ooh, me or the fans. I think we had synchronized it at one point. It, that, that stuff looked like that hurt, man. <laughs> I, I took on a guy in, uh, in Colorado uh, whose name was Rowdy Knight, and he was famous in, in Rocky Mountain Championship Wrestling for his chops. And, uh, uh, of course, me being the all balls and, and no meat behind those balls, uh, I'm like, dude, we'll chop mm -hmm. off. We'll chop off, right? Because I'm pretty proud to chop. I know I've got a hard one, too. So in the middle of the match, uh, we're, we're doing do the chop off. And, I mean, he's he's got my chest bleeding. Yeah, he's hitting hard. But I'm, I'm coming back mm -hmm. at him. And I frustrated him enough. I know why. He, he laughs about this to this day. I frustrated him so much uh, with the chop because I wouldn't give up and just move on. He chopped me in my forehead. He gave a downward chop straight to my dome to, <laughs> to finally end the chop off. <laughs> and that sucker gave a thunderclap. <laughs> I don't remember much of it. Yeah, it, like, <laughs> it, it cracks me up when you're, you're bleeding. I, I think it was Ric Flair. Uh, I'm not absolutely positive, but I think it was Ric Flair who had a chop off with like... Wahoo McDaniel or somebody else who was like Ooh. famous for Ronnie Garvin, somebody who was famous for it, and um, like the next he didn't take care of it properly the next day, so there was pus coming out, and, and one of the yeah one of the medical staff had to go like you know 
like you don't again getting back to the it's fake in in quotations. You don't fake being so red that you're you're purple, okay? Mm-hmm. Or black and blue. Pick the color, and you're bleeding to the point where pus is coming out, and you need medical attention before you can you know go deal with your match for that night. You know, it's, no stop. Um, did you ever see a show called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling? No, no. I think I think I've oh. I've heard the name title. But I, I I don't think I've ever seen it. No. It, it for you and for your listeners. If you ever get a chance, it's on YouTube. It'll come right up. Just YouTube search wrestling isn't wrestling. And I'm not familiar with the person who like is the host or narrator of, of whatever you want to call it. But he sits there and he talks about you know uh, professional wrestling, and he uses Triple H, who is one of, you know, he's a huge fan of Triple H. So he says, I'm going to explain wrestling to you by using one person, the story of one person, um, as as my, you know, this is what happened to him, and this is what happens in the business. And he, and he's, so literally, from the very beginning to the very end, uh, the 20-year career of, uh, you know, well, it was 20 years when he made this. Um uh, of Triple H, and when he got to DX, I thought of you and Tony immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you too. No, <laughs> we were you've gone wild was before DX. I just want to go on record. <laughs> we were first. <laughs> yeah, but weren't one of you is a huge fan of Triple H, and the other one was a huge fan of Shawn Michaels? That is true. That is true. Yes, uh, Sh- uh, yeah. Tony. Tony modeled originally when Tony into the business his major model was uh kurt mr perfect you know that that was that that was his boy he kind of adopted triple h uh i was always michael uh from the rocker days you know and, and bret hart which is ironic because uh as you remember when i used to train one of the things i used to tell people uh all the time is you really want to know what kind of wrestler you should become and be able to tell a story in the ring and keep people captivated. I would always tell them to watch the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. Okay. Because I mean, they they spent 20 minutes in the ring without a legitimate bump and kept the crowd on their feet. It just chain wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. You know who's really good at that? Joey Rizzo. I don't know if you remember him. He. Uh. uh I believe Billy Highlight Reel is the one who trained him, if I remember correctly. Okay, okay, Joey's, yeah. Yeah, Joey's got a, a school in uh, Franklinville, New Jersey. Okay. Um, and uh, it, it's called Shoot Style. And I, I can sit there and watch him teach a new student how to chain wrestle forever because he just goes from move to move to move in a flawless combination. And... Like when other students, like this has actually happened. Other students will be watching, and and he'll be working with a student, and then just forget, you know, that like other students are watching and trying to keep up, and they'll be like, "What did he just do?" It's like I'll, I'll slow it down for you once he's finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you we, know, and it, it, you like and it's, it's, you, it's me and Tony, thing of beauty. You, you, me and Tony had that bad. When we were training at Docs, you know, working out with people, we'd we'd start on chain and uh, 
we we would automatically just go into the mindset of fish out of water. It's like, okay, you, I put you in this, and then you reverse it with this, and then then all of a sudden we just forget about it. It's like, you know what? We're just going to keep going. Like they'll ki- they'll continue yeah. reversing back into a uh, hammer lock, but we're reversing it into fifteen different other <laughs> reverses, and like we're not explaining shit because it's like, dude, it's fun. It's fun to chain wrestle. I don't get why people are so against yeah. it in today's society. Uh, generation wrestling it is just fun to change yeah and 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 if you remember i would have because i go so far back i would be like that's not a chicken wing this is a chicken wing (laughs) 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 and this is it with the safety lock and this is it without the safety lock and everybody's like what's a safety lock i remember you yelling (laughs) i remember you yelling at me when i started showing off new chain moves that i invented you know, or came up with, or reversals and events, and you're like, that's not legal! Uh, but how do you know it's not legal? It's never been invented till now. <laughs> well, I think what I was trying to say is show them the basics before you get all complicated. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody's yeah, seen it well, till I now! Remember, I, I remember one time somebody calling a Phil Nelson a master lock, and I almost lost it on the person. I, <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, you bring up something that I've always, I've always uh, laughed at too. Because a lot of people, even even legitimate trained, uh, been in the business for a long time, people, you know, they'll they'll slip and use the the I, I call them Mark names for for moves, the Frankensteiner, the uh, you know uh, the six one nine or whatever, instead of using their legitimate names. You know, like the perfect example, the Frankensteiner. It's a Hunakan Rana. It, it's a legitimate yes. name. It's the Hunakan Rana. You know, but uh, they, when when people are describing it or talking about it, they automatically just want to go to to the to the, uh, the shoot name, or not the shoot. Excuse me, the uh, the gimmick name uh, from some wrestler. And then there there's very few moves that do have a, a legitimate name named after the wrestler who I guess invented it. Uh, case in uh, point, like the Thez Press or or the uh, the the Zhuzhin Liger bomb, you know, for example. But mm-hmm. more often than not, the moves that you hear in in wrestling, especially uh, uh, you know WWE with finishers, that has a legitimate name. Uh, but what is funny to me is that the, the the thing that a lot of people forget about is these in, in, these professional wrestlers from the WWE down to the independent circuit. These guys are still fans, and, and girls are still mm-hmm. fans. So sometimes it, to me it's just funny. Like they know the legitimate name of the move, they know how to do the move, right. but the fan in them comes out. <laughs> when they start, yeah, I'm gonna give you a Frankensteiner. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it. it interesting thing about that is again i go so far back that i was one of the first people in the indies to actually learn how to do the frankensteiner and actually use it in a match okay but the because it was called the frankensteiner when i started doing it that's what i thought it was called then to come to find out that it was actually called using your pronunciation in either Japan or Mexico, okay? Right. So I was guilty of exactly what you're talking about because I did the Frankensteiner, and I called it the Frankensteiner because I was one of the first ones 
um, until somebody called it a, a huracarana, and I'm like, no, that's not what it's called. It's called this. And they were like, no, it actually goes back further than, you know, what you saw on TV and then learn how to do it at school, at wrestling school. I'm like, oh, okay. Who knew? <laughs> you know, but, but then with the, the um, I was doing, I also used to do the Garvin Stomp, Right. Which, to my knowledge, that's what it's always been called because he's the first one I ever saw do it. And as homage, of course, that's what I continue to call it. But then when I saw Orton do it, and they called it the Orton Stomp, I almost broke the TV. I was like, that's not what it's called! <laughs> Yet there are there are rare occasions, thinking about it, and I, we mentioned it earlier with Tony, uh, with him being a Mr. Perfect mm-hmm. fan. It, it's it's kind of funny because some some actually took on a different name because of the the, the wrestler was made it so popular uh case in point yeah. is the perfect place we know it's a su- fisherman suplex but nobody right. calls it the fisherman anymore because of mr perfect like even within the business it's we just call it the perfect plex i guess because he he perfected it <laughs> well well now combine that with somebody who um, has and, and I apologize for what I'm about to say, but it, it's I've tried to study amateur wrestling. Okay, uh-huh. I, I, I've tried very hard to, study. but because my wrestling background was professional first, and then trying to learn the back history of of the amateur version. Okay, I, I've always had a hard time trying to get into it, if you will, you know, versus, like, if I watch, a, like, somebody's just grappling and it's a freestyle, okay, well, now I don't have to sit there and worry about the rules and worry about what counts as a pin uh, or, you know, for points or whatever, it's 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 freestyle grappling, it's like, okay, who's tapping out of this shit? <laughs> 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 well, now, because of my martial arts background, like, uh, and I don't, I don't claim to be an expert in any of, of the ones I'm about to say, but I studied them. A goju, jiu-jitsu, uh, uh, actually German jiu-jitsu as, as opposed to Brazilian, judo, um, the, the, the form of karate, the Korean karate that I took when I was 11, and I don't even remember which one that was. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I'm a lot older than 11 now. You know, um, the same move can actually be called several different things in several different styles. True. Okay? Like, just the word master, um, in, in one style, it's called sensei. Right. Like, in, in judo, it's called sensei. In something else, it, it, it's like I saw I was passing by a place around the corner from my house. And it's a certain type of style of kung fu, and don't ask me what style, because I don't. That, I'm lucky I remembered that it was kung fu. Okay, and I remember that the master was called Shifu. Now I've never heard of a master of a martial art being called Shifu before, other than in Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> <laughs> which is fitting. Yeah, <laughs> means they got it right. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, that's a thing, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, my vo- what I can do on a mat and a ring versus my vocabulary are two different things. Okay, 
but you know that to be true of me behind the fact that I can tell you, I can show you a move, I can show you every variation that I'm aware of, hook, uh, you know, uh, work, hook, shoot, and and then other variations from those, you know. But don't ask me to tell you all the different names of like, you know, well if it's if it's this, it's that. If it's that, it's this. It's, like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Because if it's if it's other than work, I don't care what it's called. Am I taking you out and 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 convincing you verbally after I physically have you in the hold that this is a really bad idea for you continue you know to to try to come at me <laughs> <laughs> in a bar or on the street? I don't care what it's called. <laughs> right. Uh, the the only person that has to care about what the, what the 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 name of the move really. Is is the uh, commentators anyway? <laughs> as long as we have, as long as we have, as long as we have the the educated commentators and not like the ones that just use you know, silly names because they couldn't think of the legitimate name for the for the move. But uh, no, that, you're right. But we got We got to get back on this here. So you got through the training. Who was your first match? Hold on, hold on. Let, yeah, hold on. Let, let me explain one thing to the listeners so I can I. Well, because they might be a little confused. Well, don't you have to know, like, you know, let me give you an example. Okay. I have a, um, a suplex that I do that it, I've never seen anybody do it, and I'm, I'm sure it's a variation on, uh, you know, a type of suplex, okay? But I was working with a girl student, and uh, one of the ones I do is, is like a full Nelson but I put them into full Nelson in reverse so that instead of them standing up with their head, you know, like well, their, the back of their head to me, uh, I actually bend them down and then put them in the full Nelson and then, you know, take a back bump, okay? Well, it was a girl. She was new. I, I didn't want to kill her, okay? So I said, let me try something. And I said, let me try a variation on my variation, and she was well endowed, so I had to be careful not to, like, get personal, if you, if you understand what I'm trying to say. You know, right. But I, I, when you're teaching somebody who's female, you still have to be aware of they exist and try to stay away from them so it doesn't become something else, you know. It's, yeah, so it's, it's very hard to was, work with a female, a female wrestler as a male wrestler because it's a fine between work and sexual harassment. Uh, <laughs> that's basically exactly. what he's saying. <laughs> Especially if she's well endowed because now you have to be careful where you know where you put your hand. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, so let me show you what I'm going to do. So like, I, I put her in the hold and basically I took her head, bent it down, okay? So now she's sort of like looking at the mat, okay? I grabbed her... Um, if anybody knows where the solar plex is, so it's 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 basically underneath her chest, but because she's bent down, it's like I'm actually above her chest, even though she was standing up, I'm below it, okay? Right. And then I said, all right, I'm going to take a back bump. All you have to do is take the back bump with me. You don't have to do a thing. Just take the bump. Okay. Well, took her over, took the bump, and she's like, 
took the, and I had it a feel. Okay, I'm like, all right. So now you know if anybody's ever been trained by me and they know that move, um, you you know how to take the fall instead of like getting killed, you know, basically. Right. And and she said, what do you call it? I'm like. I'm, it's just a modified suplex. I don't have a name for it. I just know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this would look really cool, it, you know, it, because I don't want to do the same thing everybody else is doing because then it looks boring, so I like to modify things. And in a street fight, you know, that's, I, I'm not going to be as, as merciful, so it's going to have a de- devastating effect. I don't have a name for it. You you fucking come up with one. Pardon my French, but, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't need a name. I'm showing somebody here. Here's a suplex. Here's a modified suplex. This is one of the ways I do it to make it look different from anybody else. You know, can you handle this? Yeah, I, okay. I have I have old school Chris Jericho running through my head in WCW when he had the, the, a thousand, the man of a thousand holds when he was uh, feuding Dean Malenko. And he was like, the mo- yeah. the arm bar, the modified arm bar, the first modified arm bar. <laughs> yes. Be- be- because I I was always one of those type of people who, like, got into the Dean Malenko's and the Billy Robinson's of the world because I didn't want to see the same thing every single – look, I love Ric Flair. Okay. Mm-hmm. If anybody says Ric Flair isn't one of the greatest wrestlers who ever lived, you know, my first thought would say I would say fight me. But I'm almost sixty, so like that. <laughs> you know, I'll make I'll make the verbal argument rather than than you know the physical one at this point in my life. You know. Jared, tall drink off. Yeah, one could make the argument that. You know, that Ole Anderson was not wrong when he said that if you've seen one Ric Flair match, you've seen them all. Now, I, I would come back with, yes, but how many people in this business can work a match for 60 minutes and not do the same thing twice? So, yeah, if you could work a 60-minute match, you may see the same thing in another match at some point because it went on for 60 minutes. Right. So, anyway, what was your question? Who was my first match? Yeah. Uh, Jason Python's Weiss. All right. How'd that go for you? Uh, it, it literally set up my career because I wrestled or was in training to become a wrestler for a year, year and a half. Um as a tag team specialist, okay, uh, I was completely enamored by the Von Erichs, uh, the versus, actually, the whole feud, the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds, the Midnight Express versus the uh, Rock and Roll Express, the Valiants versus whoever, Tony Gurria and Larry Zabisco, or whoever Tony Gurria's partner was at the time. I loved tag team wrestling. Loved it, okay? The synchronized moves, your timing had to be absolutely perfect in order to pull off. Um, If you weren't just two singles, you know, who were in there as, you know, just because you were setting up something else. If you were a modified tag team specialist, then everything had to be perfect like it like a dance like you know ballet you know like figure skating it 
it it it's cheerleading. It everything had to be synchronized perfectly, otherwise it was going to look like shit, and or even worse, somebody was going to get hurt. Right. Okay. And I, I just thought that was the most brilliant thing that I ever seen, and that's what I trained for with. Wait for it. The original South Philly Fury that it is it goes back so far that we weren't even called South Philly Fury yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, with my partner Jason Python's Weiss. And we were training against another tag team who had come in at the same time that we did called High Voltage. Okay? okay. So I just assumed naturally that the first match I was ever going to have in front of people was going to be me and my partner, D.C. Laurie, and, and, well, at the time, D.C. Laria, because Frank Town hadn't butchered my name yet, <laughs> and and my partner, Jason Python's Weiss, right? And uh, because I was a high flyer, I was toying with the name Freebird, um... You know, because there's an ultimate warrior, there's a dingo warrior, there's a uh, the road warriors. Why couldn't there be another freebird other than the fabulous freebirds? Like I was a high flyer. That was, believe it or not, a th you know that was unusual back then. Now everybody does it. Right. But back then it was not unusual. So I, you know, it, and I wanted to be like Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Like there was, he was another hero of mine, and I would do, like, the, the frog splash off the top rope and the flying crossbody, but there's not too much you could do with that to pay homage to one of your heroes. What do you do with Superfly? You know, it's like... You right. Know, dragonfly? I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just thought of that. <laughs> there you go. Now you got it. <laughs> right. But, you know, with, with the Freebirds, I could be like, Okay, well, I could be like the 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 Philly Freebird or the Philadelphia Freebird, like it was a work in progress, you know. Right. So so um, all right, Freebird DC Laria, the uh, Jason Python's wife. I mean, we were using our real names. Right. You know, just just with a uh, like a quotation, you know, it, either in the front or the middle, and um, come. At the day of the show, in the locker room, at call. Um, for listeners, call is when you're you're supposed to be there. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's like if the show's at seven thirty, you're supposed to be there at five thirty. You know, so your call is two hours before the show starts. Unless you're pulling a wild, which is another story for another day. Another story altogether. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. And Stan Lavdis who was the, uh, uh, the the head promoter, let's say, for sake of argument, okay? Um, I come to find out, and I didn't notice at the time, uh, we, we had a, a cross-promotion with us that uh, whenever we ran AW... Uh, no, wait. AWF, okay? That's where I came up with AWFR, because the cross-promotion was AWF, we were WFR, so when I took over, I called it AWFR in um, homage for uh, uh, Al the Bounty Hunter. But I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. Right. <laughs> Stan tells me, um, okay, I mean, kayfabe is broken completely, right? I can tell the story, what I'm about to say. Well, yeah, you yeah. already mentioned it. Right? Okay. Stan tells me, all right, it's you against Jason, 
And if listeners, if you're paying attention, Jason's my partner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're the heel, um, which means I'm calling the match. Okay. Uh, You guys have 10 to 12, and he's going over. I'm like... There, that there was nothing I liked in that entire sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, man. and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm going up against my partner, not the two guys that I've been working against for an entire year. Okay, to start a feud with, but the guy that I've been tagging it in and out for that year. So, like, we, we've never worked against each other, ever. Okay? The only thing we've done together is tag in and out. That was, you know, and, and set up somebody for a move. Like, I, I know how to do a double elbow with him. <laughs> I don't know how to, like, like throw an elbow at him. There's a difference. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But at so the same, but at the same time, there there is there is to be said that when you partner well enough, he's the perfect opponent for you because you know each other so well. Yeah, but I didn't know that at the time. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally brand new out of the box. Come on. <laughs> All right. So now, so now I'm I'm furious for for the first reason. Um, I'm working against instead of. With okay, right. I'm the heel. I'm five eight, and and nowhere near uh, the two hundred and twenty two pounds that I am now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wrestling so, billing. He was five ten. No, I really am two twenty two. <laughs> no, I mean I mean wrestling billing back in the day. I'm remembering I was yeah. you know if I turn sideways and stick my tongue out, I think I'm a zipper back when I was wrestling, but at at least 180. I was nowhere near 180 at that time. <laughs> there it is. You just explain to your audience where I was coming from on that one. Yep. I was the zipper that you speak of. <laughs> he's, he's 5'10", 190. And I mean a solid, you know, like, he, he was meant to be a wrestler. Right. Type of thing, you know? And I'm like, how am I supposed to be? I'm the little guy. <laughs> you don't tell Ricky Morton to go up against Robert Gibson and say, by the way, Ricky, you're the heel in this. <laughs> what? Okay. So I'm the one calling the match. Remember what I said? I know how to do it. Don't necessarily know what it's called half the time. Yep. <laughs> I'm the one telling him this is what we're going to do. Are you kidding me right now? Okay. So three reasons to be pissed off. He's going over. Wait, what? I'm the one who found the school. I'm the one who recruited my tag partner and the two guys we're going up against. I'm the reason why you make money off the four of us in the first place. And he's the one going over? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to pro wrestling. (laughs) So... In my mind, there's not one good reason why this match exists other than to piss me off. <laughs> and I don't know how well, well, actually, I don't know if you remember exactly what I looked like back then, but I was like the poster boy for baby faces. <laughs> okay. 
I, I, I was the ladies' man. I was not, not the man's man. No, not even close. You know, so I'm supposed to act the fool and the heel and the bad guy with like I look like I just got out of diapers. I look like I was twelve. <laughs> it made no sense. And then I come out, ladies and gentlemen, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, introducing the Freebird, D.C. Lorry. Okay, yeah. now the son of a bitch just mispronounced my name. <laughs> <laughs> this almost feels like the Spider-Man movie, doesn't it? <laughs> I am so hot. It's the Deputy Commissioner, Frank Talent, who, God rest his soul, great guy, loved him to death, but I'm assuming he was English or Irish. I mean, his name is Talent, okay? So, you know, I, and since he was a legal person, I'm assuming that was his real name, not a gimmick name. Right. You know, so I go up to him, grab the mic out of his hand, which is a final sense. I could have been kicked out of wrestling in Pennsylvania, didn't care anymore, okay? My debut match, everything's going wrong before I even get into the ring. Grab the mic, trying to figure out how I'm supposed to pull off being the heel in all this. Grab, it's the Freebird DC Laria, you Madigan! And throw the mic at him. And, and then go march into the ring. Welcome, welcome to heel status. <laughs> I was over before I even got in the ring because I was so hot that I didn't have to worry about trying to act the bad guy. I was ready to kill somebody. And that's been my gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> well, up until up until you uh, teamed up with two idiots from Philadelphia years and years and years later. Um, <laughs> but we'll get, again, we'll get to that. That's a that's a long road ahead. Um all right, so so you had your first match, and and I'm assuming the match went well, so you had that at least to to be happy about, right? Well, nobody complained about it, so I'm. Assuming... <laughs> <laughs> I'm seemed the only one who had a problem with the match, and <laughs> I was over it. Like you know, when it was over, I, like I was happy to have gotten through it because my big thing was how am I going to pull this off? Right. Okay. Once the match was over and nobody booed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody was screaming, this is how Bischoff got fired. <laughs> yeah, nobody threw tomatoes at me, nobody booed, you know. Uh, which is, if you get to see wrestling isn't wrestling, that, that nobody threw tomatoes is actually going to be even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, nobody complained, Stan. Like, nobody said that was the drivel and shits. You know, we um, and you know how wrestling is. If mm -hmm. nobody bitches and complains and, and gives you like a, a page full of notes as what you could have done better, um, you had a good match or a good enough match, you know, for a first match. That's true. That's something for aspiring uh, wrestlers out there uh, who want to get into the business. Do not get into this business looking for a pat on the back and an attaboy because nine times out of ten, it's not coming. Silence is your I, is your congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I'm. As a matter of fact, I'm still not sure if I've ever gotten a pat on the back for a match. <laughs> 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 but I keep on getting hired, so I guess I'm doing something. 
I was about to say, I don't think I've ever gotten the attaboy and pat on the back for a match, but I've only got, no, I've gotten it one time, one time. But uh, more often than not, it was the, uh, the, the, the promos and the skits that, that, I, that people would compliment on. Uh, well, you you know yes. this people people fought. Yes, yeah, because I've been in the half I've been in the half of them with you. So yes, <laughs> we've gotten compliments on that. <laughs> people but people have magic... people have fought to be either mentioned or involved in our skits. So <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, I'm assuming everything went well because I I was handed my envelope. There was the exact money that I was promised would be in it. <laughs> Wait, you got paid for and, your first and... match? Yeah, of course I did. Oh fuck! I, it I'm, was it was it was wrestling fundraisers. We did things differently. Fuck! I'm uh, gonna have to yell at the Harkins guys. <laughs> no, no, this wasn't Hawkins. No, I know. I'm I gonna have to. No, I haven't gotten. Oh. I I didn't see a paycheck oh. till my third year. <laughs> I always oh, got the it's exposure kid. The I always got the it's the exposure kid. <laughs> I, I was making $25 right off the bat. Oh, Jesus. You know. um, why do you think I paid everybody $25 when I reopened AWFR? It was an homage. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because it was your 25 glorious years. Yeah. Well, that, well, wait, no, that didn't come until later. But I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and then the first, uh, my first outdoor match with wrestling fundraisers is where you come in. Yep. Okay. I knew we were going to eventually get to that. <laughs> my first outdoor match. Now, imagine how pissed off I was for my first indoor. Now imagine my first outdoor, and it's a 180-degree difference, okay? It's it's at um, Morgantown, Pennsylvania State Fair. Mm -hmm. um, so people are already there for the State Fair. And we're in the middle of everything, so people are going, like, you were guaranteed an audience, okay? Um, like, I, I, I can honestly say that there were hundreds, if not thousands of people um, watching our matches at one time or another just because of the, we, we were, like, center location at the state fair. And I was stoked. I was like, oh, my God. I'm a high flyer. There, I don't have to worry about a friggin' roof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go up to every turnbuckle and do a different high-flying maneuver from each one, you know, from each post. So I literally came up with four different moves, one for each post, okay, <laughs> when I came off the top rope. And, and I did it. I, I did all, you know, and in fact... When I won, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when I won and uh, the fans were saying, one more, one more, like, and I'm like, and I'm like shocked because I'm like, what, you want me to go up again? Yeah, one more. Well, I had put the guy in a sleeper coming off a, a flying cross body. So he's lying on his back, you know, eyes shut, not knowing what day it is. You know, with the referee being his only protection from this fool of an idiot being me, going up one more time to, to please the fans because they want to see me go up one more time after I've already knocked them out with the flying crossbody and the sleeper after it. <laughs> Problem number one, um, I don't have the fifth move. <laughs> right. 
I was like, there's there's four turnbuckles. There's you know I'm gonna go up four times off of all four posts and four moves. I didn't have it. Like it didn't even occur to me to have a fifth one. Like how many times do you have four, let alone having a fifth one? Right? <laughs> so there was that. So I had nothing practice, and and I'm sure the Hawkins brothers and everybody else taught you. You know, the pit bulls, everybody who, who trains you, trains you. Don't ever do something that you weren't properly trained for in the gym and in the school. If you haven't practiced it, don't do it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, my opponent, again, who no longer knows what day it is, doesn't know this is coming. Okay. Number three, the referee who's already given me the win, tells me, and is now blocking me, so I have to jump over him <laughs> in order to get to, you know, the member of High Voltage. And yes, I finally got to fight them. <laughs> oh, and number four, let's you know. not forget, attacking somebody after the match is over. Kind of a heel move. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I was the heel. I was the heel. That people I love for some heel. reason. <laughs> you, were, you were pulling in yeah. Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, so like I, 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 I'm surprised I didn't get yelled at when I went back in the locker room because I'm supposed to be the heel and the fans are chanting for me. <laughs> but anyway, so the referee is literally telling me um, that now he's in my way. The fans are chanting, chanting one more time, one more time. The referee's yelling at me. Don't do it, or I'll, I'll take away your win and give it to him. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait, he's actually the vice president of the company. He could probably do that. <laughs> 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 and I don't want to lose my first match outside when I'm supposed to be a high flyer. <laughs> nice. You know, so I'm like, all right, fine. So I look at the fans, I'm like, he won't let me, I want to, but he won't let me. <laughs> so now they start putting the referee. Not me, the referee. <laughs> and see, you so could have take you could have taken your bow out right there. <laughs> I go back over to uh, Mr. Electro, because it was Dr. Shock and Mr. Electro. I go back over to Mr. Electro, pick him up, wake him up, you know. Um, I, I was so upset. I didn't even give him a cheap shot at that point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I won. I'm out of here. Right. But setting up, um, for, because I, I like to do things in, in combination. So every finish I have is always a combination. I'll go from one thing to the other just to look different from everybody else. And I've never seen somebody do a flying cross body and then from that put somebody in a sleeper but I figure I'm not a big guy um, somebody might say okay well you don't even weigh 200 pounds soaking wet like was that was the flying cross body enough to knock him out or daze him long enough for you to get the pin so what I would do is coming off the flying cross body he's prone on the ground you know back back to the mat uh, so I, when I 
came off the flying crossbody, I would come in from behind him, pick him up by the hair, because I am still supposed to be the heel after all. Right. Okay? And from a sitting from him being in the sitting position, still dazed, put him in the sleep or knock him out completely, then one, two, three. Right? It, it makes a sense to it. There's a psychology to it. Yeah. And, um, you know, wanting to be different, wanting to prove the fact that I'm, you know, you can't, again, you can't face physics. I'm coming off the ropes, full speed, whatever the speed of gravity is. <laughs> you know, hitting them, dazing them, putting them to sleep. There is such a thing as a real, you know, sleeper. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. You can actually knock somebody out with it. You know, so there's, I'm not faking gravity. I'm not faking the move. The, this is all fact, okay? <laughs> um, but, and I was so excited to set up because, you know, I'm like, all right, I got them now. I got them now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my finishers. Finishers, because there's two. Right. I throw my elbow pads outside of the ring. Now, I didn't mean to throw my elbow pads outside of the ring. I meant to throw them at the turnbuckles so that they would, like, kick off the post and, like, you know, drop down to the inside corner. Well, I, you know what happens when you're excited. You get enthusiastic. The adrenaline's going. Both of them sailed in different directions because I didn't even, like, throw them in one direction. I threw them in two different directions. <laughs> okay? And, you know, $25 was a lot of money back then. And, like, you know, I was like, all right, well, there goes my pay towards new elbow pads. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think I was ever going to see them again. Come out of the ring. They were still chanting. I'm like, all right, well, I'm in trouble because the fans just did a face turn <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> but at least I got the win, and at least they got my name right, because I think at that point I was going with Freebird DC Lordy, figuring, fuck it, I'm just, I'll just go with it, you know. And um, here comes this 15-year-old kid out of the audience, and for you listeners, just in case you don't know who I'm getting ready to talk about, I believe this kid, who's now grown, um, describes himself as a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer a zipper. That, that kid's no longer a zipper. <laughs> but back then you were, a 15-year-old, fresh-faced, I could tell you in high school, comes up to me with my elbow pads. I'm like, I love this kid right now. <laughs> so I, I literally felt like saying, you are my best friend. And again, <laughs> if you go watch Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, that line's going to be even funnier. <laughs> uh, okay. the, the setup behind this was because of, uh, also on that show was a, uh, was a manager slash named uh, Evil Woman Mr. Sapane, whose real name was Terry Fallon. Yes. And uh, Terry and her husband, yeah, and uh, Terry and her husband Bob had been involved in the independent mm -hmm. wrestling circuit for a very long time. Bob was a uh, referee, and she was manager female wrestler. They also volunteered for my grandfather's youth group with the United States Naval Sea Cadet Corps, which I was a member of, and so was her son Eddie. And uh, 
she had talked uh, Eddie into inviting me and a couple other the cadets to go see the show. It just had just the setup on how I wound up this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry, and, and I don't know any of this. <laughs> okay, I don't I don't know who you are. I uh, you know Terry Fallon is was actually one of my best friends in the business at the time. I wish we uh, we're not enemies, but we're still friends. But you know we used to hang out all the time because Dan used to send me and Terry in order to go be the mouthpiece for WFR in in negotiations for things. So we spent a lot of time together. Okay, and. Um, you know, all these kids later, it's like it's it's hard to, you know, hang out with somebody when you're trying to raise kids. You know, right? Stuff happens, of course. And um, but I mean, there's no heat between me and Terry at all. Like I, I still consider her my friend. We still talk on Facebook, and she's very excited to see that uh, AWFR schools opening up again. And um, but anyway, so I don't know that she brought you. Like we didn't. Ha- this is not a conversation we had ahead of time. I just, you know, you're some kid who was um, came up to me and 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 was kind enough to go find my pads. And I don't know if you had to rip them out of somebody else's hand or nobody cared or. Well, I know you had to go in two different directions to get them. Well, I I, <laughs> I caught one. I looked for the other. <laughs> I think I just oh, found okay, it on the ground. Okay. okay. <laughs> and um, so you you ask me, you tell me that you're a huge fan, not of me, just of the business in general. I think it's the first time you ever saw me. Right. And what um, what advice could I give you? in order to get in the business. Now, again, to the listeners, I'm supposed to be the bad guy. (laughs) This is almost 30 years ago, so I'm not even supposed to be talking to this kid. I should be face-bombing the little, you know. And But he brought me back my pad, so now I don't have to spend my envelope on getting new ones. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, they were kind of sweaty. Well, of course they were. I was very excited. To... <laughs> they were very sweaty, and I was actually looking to get them autographed, but the bastard took my hands. And no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you never even. I would have. I would have. You never even mentioned that. Before. No, you I was. I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking. I was oh. giving them back. So, I was trying to set you up as the heel here. Damn it. This. <laughs> Guy, fifteen oh, year old, was holding the hold the knee pad or the elbow pad, saying, "Can you please autograph these? Give these back to me. You don't deserve these. Walk away. You, you could have sold that." No. I, I missed my cue. I apologize. Um, <laughs> so anyway, sorry. I, I, I missed my cheap eat opportunity. Uh, <laughs> Thirty years later. You were with, yeah, you were with somebody. I don't know if it was your sister or like she looked older than you. I don't know if it was a sister or an aunt or somebody. no, no. Uh, I don't know who it was. I, I was there alone as far as family wise. It might have just been people that uh, that were involved with Terry, like her group. I don't remember exactly who it was though. Okay, so. So maybe it was another woman in, in Terry's group who, who followed you because she was like, well, where are you going? Right. <laughs> but I remember saying to you, all right, 
if you want to get into professional wrestling, either get into community wrestling or high school wrestling, because I, again, didn't know how old you were. Get into community wrestling or school wrestling, some kind of amateur wrestling so you have an amateur background, okay? If not, then do it the way I did it. Get into martial arts because there is a lot of similarities between judo and, and wrestling, which a lot of people don't realize until you've actually studied both, which I have, okay? And um, from there, go find a reputable wrestling, professional wrestling school when you turn 18. Don't do backyard. Don't do any of this, you know. Um, Moral of the story, I didn't listen to any of this shit, by the way. No. <laughs> well, you listened to the, the, the wrestling school part. It wasn't uh, GWA a wrestling school? Yes, it was. But uh, if you remember the story, the way I got into GWA was uh, a very stupid idea. <laughs> Again, that that's that's for when I'm on somebody else's show. I don't need to tell the story now. <laughs> Wait, you sent a backyard tape to them. No, close though, because uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Tony under the bus here. Tony had caught a wind that there was a wrestling convention coming to town, and a whole bunch of different right. federations and shit were gonna be there. And he got him and a couple of our other friends got this bright idea of let's put together a, a, ba- a tape of us in our backyard because we did the backyard stuff, and they'll pass it out like a yeah. fucking demo tape to people. Get us into okay. the business, and uh, he he talked me into it. I didn't really want to do it to begin with because I at that point I kind of grown out of the aspirations of being a wrestler. Uh, I enjoyed wrestling, right. but I was more interested in music than than wrestling. But he talked me into doing it, so so I did it. And uh, nobody's ever going to see this tape, or I'm never going to any of the people when they make fun of us for this shit. Uh, a couple weeks later, we received okay. a uh, an, uh, a letter from the Grand Wrestling Alliance saying, after viewing your tape, we've come to the three following conclusions. Number one, you guys have raw talent that, with the proper training, could be developed into, uh, you know, legitimate uh, legitimate wrestlers. Uh, number two, you have personalities that uh, could be uh, formatted into current storylines and and talent. Number three, you guys are fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. We'd like you to try out for Grand Wrestling Alliance. Okay. So I didn't follow your advice so wait, at all. So how was I wrong? I was. Hold on. How was I wrong? I was right. You sent them. <laughs> well, well, what had happened is uh, is Tony and a couple of our other friends went to the convention and just passed out VHS to every every federation. <laughs> You know, I so, again, so I didn't, I didn't go to the convention. Yeah. I forgot about it after we did the match until the letter showed up. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't, okay. so it wasn't you who handed it to them. It was okay. no, it was. It was actually the, my my twenty year career is, is accredited to to Tony Ferris, aka uh, Michael Amadeus, because uh, if so, he didn't, I, if he didn't put, if he didn't get that I, fool idea in his head, I probably never would have been discovered in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and, and just to make it full circle again, just guess who um, had a conversation with John Linder yesterday <laughs> <laughs> about, uh, about him coming to my wrestling school once it's officially opened after the zombie apocalypse. Well, there you go. I'm happy he's still doing it. I'm I'm happy he's still doing it. But uh, well, because 
just I, I know this isn't part of like I know you're you're trying to do this in chronological, but I I I, I, I want to address your full circle for a second. Oh, we we uh, we lost chronological a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. So sometimes in wrestling, there's miscommunication. Okay. Yep. And there was a show in July that I was actually in um, for Crossroads Wrestling. The uh, who was trying to pick up the banner for uh, doing charity wrestling because AWFR wasn't doing it any longer. So I was trying to give them info. You know, I was trying to show them the ropes. If you, w if I mean, it's wrestling, so that what more appropriate term. This is the difference between regular wrestling shows and charity wrestling shows, you know. And um, I come to find out that the girl who they were doing the charity for had a brain tumor. She's 11 years old. Oh. She has a brain tumor, and they're hoping for the best. And whatever money they can raise for this little girl, you know, Medical expenses and, and the like. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So I'm like, oh, hell no. I, I, I'm not sitting on the sidelines for this one. I'm getting in the ring. I'm a cancer survivor. If anybody understands what she's going through, it's me. Right. Okay. And if anybody can give her any type of hope of surviving this and getting through this, hopefully it's me. You know? So I started going to Asylum Pro Wrestling Academy to start working out. I started going to Joey Rizzo's Shoot Style Wrestling Academy um, to start working out again. I was supposed to go to the dungeon, uh, uh, Mark and Troy's Mess. For whatever reason, I never got there. I think that was more of a... I knew where Franklinville was, and I knew where Claremont, Delaware was. I had never heard of the township or borough that um, Mark's place was, and I was afraid of getting lost. <laughs> Straight shoot. Straight <laughs> shoot. So. And, um, you know, so I would meet people that I'd worked with in the past and or would work with students that either um, Mike Tovar or Joey Rizzo had at their place, you know, because I'm always, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm always going to be a coach. It's I've played and coached every single sport imaginable. So if there's a, a teaching opportunity, yeah, of course. I'm right. going to do it. You know, so who did I fight? Oh, I, okay. So um, to your point, like I never actually trained with the guy that I was going to fight because it, he was the bad guy. <laughs> 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 so like, you know, like I didn't, I never worked with the guy before in my life um, until that night, until the Crossroads show. Right. You know, um, at least not in the ring. I mean, we had a running feud outside of the ring because he was managing the Monster Asylum and I was managing Southerly Fury. But um, yeah, that's the first time we ever locked up was that night. And um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, no, this is a thing. This is, you know, I'm doing this. Um, do you remember Jess Cooper from Docs? Jess Cooper. 
uh, she was best friends with Natalie. I know you remember Natalie. Yeah, yeah, I kind of remember. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I know who Natalie is. I'm talking about the Jess Cooper. Like, I kind of remember. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it to you this way. Um, CJ was allowed to valet for us because she was already one of Doc's students. Right. And um, Doc was cool with us using her because we were also helping him train her. Okay. Right. Natalie, same deal. Um, Jess wasn't in Jersey, I think it's 17. She wasn't old enough. I think she was only 16 at the time, and she wasn't old enough to be formally trained. Okay. It was something like that. It was, it was some kind of deal where her age was getting in the way. She was like a little bit younger than the other two. Okay. Cause I think, um, CJ was 21, Nat was 18 and Jess was 16. Might've been. So. And, um, so what I would do is when we were, and, and see, this is the thing that people don't understand. You can train somebody on the mats at any age because it's just grappling. Right. Okay. It's when you put them in the ring that they have to be a certain age because now it's no longer amateur wrestling. Now it's professional wrestling. Uh, however, however, I will go this far to state because that, that was uh, different in Colorado. Each territory or each state, uh, their their sporting commissions do have different uh, different rules. In Colorado, you could train a sixteen year old professionally. They just couldn't have their first match until they were seventeen. I think that's the way it's in New Jersey too. So, but and because in Pennsylvania, there's it, you have to be eighteen. Period. End of sentence. Right. But whereas in Jersey, maybe it was like. You could start training at 17 and then have a match at 18. So maybe Jersey was like Colorado. Anyway, so when I would do my, my mat stuff with Natalie and CJ, you know, we would include Jess. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I got to uh, Mike Tovar's and, and uh, Joey Rizzo's, um, Jess reminded me, you know, just showed up and I was like, oh, you're going to valet for us? She's like, of course I am. I was your student, remember? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember ever training you in the ring. She's like, well, you didn't train me in the ring because you weren't allowed. But when you would work with the other two on the match, you would say, Jess, come, come in and work with us. I'm like, oh, I do remember that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, how old are you now? She's like, 26. I'm like, well, come on in the the ring then. Here you go. (laughs) And I started working with Jess in the ring at at Joey's and Mike's and basically got her ready for uh, Crossroads. Now, the idea being that even though she was my student all those years ago, and for the most part, she still remembered what I taught her and could translate it into the ring from the mats. She was still rusty. I mean, obviously, 10 years, you know. Right. You know, so we were just going to let her valet for that night. And then, but it was the idea being that she wasn't meant to be just a valet. At some point, she was going to be part of, you know, full-fledged fury. She was going to be part, you know, one of my partners in the same way that, uh, you, me, and Tony ran um, 
Youth Gone Wild in that I was supposed to be a full-fledged partner, but because of medical-ish, you know, somebody else always wound up being your third in our six-man instead of me. You know? Which which explains why we we uh, allowed Youth Gone Wild to become uh, South Philly Fury because originally the, the the idea was Youth Gone Wild was supposed to be kind of like uh, what's the term I'm looking for freelance. Uh, Freebird rules. Yes, but were, we yes. we became we became you, South Philly Fury to get to take advantage of the Freebird ruling, which means the third yes. man of the team would always switch, mainly because you. Yeah. had medical issues that couldn't allow you to do the third man. <laughs> Which I always, I always thought I was still in cancer recovery. Come to find out that it was my, um, I was allergic to everything. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Youth Gone Wild's bullshit. <laughs> well, wrestling BS in general, but I'll say that's that conversation... That was an actual conversation with biologists, but I'll save that for later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, you know, so Jess trained uh, trained with me to, because the way we worded it, uh, because I can tell you exactly how we worded it when we got to Docs, because we were invited to work at Docs, you and I. Right. Um by Tony because Doc didn't have any tag teams. Well, I'm part of a natural tag team, so of course I'm interested, okay? Mm-hmm. And you and I hadn't realized that we had met twice before. Once at Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Right. Okay, when you gave me back the elbow pads, and the second time, you were just getting ready to leave Soul City for Colorado. Mm-hmm. When I showed up with all of my original set of students to train them at Hard Rock Hamilton Soul City Wrestling School, um, uh, John Saunders, J.C. Logan, uh, my oldest daughter Heather, her friend Lisa, you know, so I, I brought in my little tribe, okay, which wound up being the original South Philly Fury while you were on your way to Colorado. So as you were leaving, I was coming in. Pretty much the same thing that happened with me and Jimmy Gennetti and JT. Ironically ironically enough, that was also during the time that uh, was the downfall of the original formation of YGW. That was when Tony and I had our, our falling out for, for many, many years, and the team was, you know, uh, obviously destroyed because of it. So, <laughs> ironic, yeah. you were there at the end, the beginning, and yeah. the end again. <laughs> yeah. And the, the ultimate irony is that my Fury is the one who actually took over for you guys as one of the the, the natural, well, yeah, natural tag teams over at Soul City. So now Tony's bringing, us, bringing Fury in to be, you know, a tag team with me, you, and him because he's like, oh, well, Chris does this and that, and, and I'm used to him, you know, uh, being in the ring with me, and DC, you know, I've worked with him in, in a lot of the different schools that DC has ran, you know, because Tony was one of my assistant trainers, so, you know, he knew my style, and Tony just said, oh, yeah, the, the, the three of us will work, you know, and to his credit, I think we did. Well, to his credit, he and, he had to, he had to bullshit me to come back, because if you remember, I retired in 20... Uh, in 2007 mm-hmm. and I had no intentions of coming back to wrestling Philly 
Yes. <laughs> so, so what we did is the Fury had never lost our tag team and six-man championships in America's wrestling fundraisers. We just stopped running. Okay. So, so I said to Doc, well, this is what I would like to do. If, since you don't have any tag teams whatsoever, I'm going to make some phone calls, see if I can, you know, find a couple. And I would like the Fury to bring in, you know, our America's tag team and six-man and have it be recognized at Devastation Wrestling Federation. And Doc was like, yeah, that actually sounds like an interesting idea. And that's what we did. Problem is, that's Scotty Ice. I didn't have me Mark because me Mark Manson had moved to Tennessee. Right. Okay. So we didn't have our, our tag team. I had Jesse Logan, but I didn't have Johnny Logan because he had moved to Las Vegas. Right. So, and um, Harley was in Seaside Heights and didn't have transportation or something. I, I don't remember why he didn't come. So our, um, and I think... Big Nasty had either moved or retired. So we so we didn't have our half of our tag team. We didn't have two-thirds of our six-man. So I said, well, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just get Joey Warlock from X, who is still here around, okay? And I think Slayer was willing to do it with us. Right. So we had two-thirds of X. And why don't we just get... X back together again. Why don't we just get YGW back together again, and we can like have this alphabet soup where the guys from X and the guy from YGW are going to be contracted by the South Philly Fury to defend our titles for us, and then I would just manage both groups, you know. <laughs> and I'm saying to you because I remember like, you know, hitting you with this, um, I just hope the fans understand it. But somehow or another, God bless, you know, the wrestling gods. Like, you, me, and Tony explained it along with Joey and uh, and Mikey, and the fans were like, okay, yeah, we get that. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I won't. I won't lie. To this day, I am still super impressed and awed uh, at such a such a, a silly gimmick like YGW, which was created because Tony and I liked the song "You've Gone Wild" by Skid Row. That that's literally mm-hmm. all it was. Because um, originally we were going to call ourselves Damage Incorporated when we first created the gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the falling out and the, the you know the, the the thing hadn't been seen for like what twelve years give or take, you know, mm-hmm. at least at least a decade. And coming out that first time uh, devastation uh, to YGW against against the Latin Connection and the crowd's response, mm-hmm. not only from our initial walkout, but we, you know, you, me, Tony, and Frankie Frizzo, we controlled that crowd that whole mm-hmm. entire time that by the time I walked back into that locker room, I was in complete awe that people remembered that they still got it. You know I well, mean? <laughs> and, and I, I was nervous for a different reason behind the fact that in wrestling, if if you borrow from somebody else's gimmick, so it, it the fans at least say, okay, it's like this, okay, right? They'll get it. They'll be be like, okay, so they understand the precedent. 
what we were doing where a faction was renting out two other factions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that ever happening before, and I honestly don't remember that ever happening since. <laughs> you know? For anybody listening that's thinking about it, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> it's a monster that's don't hard to control. It. Don't do it. <laughs> Okay. If you steal, just don't so do it. Then, it's a headache. <laughs> so you got me representing South Philly Fury. You got Joe and Mike representing X. You got you and Tony representing um, YG Dub. And then on top of that, if you remember correctly, CJ liked how you and I used to clown around so much. Because our thing was we didn't take anything seriously until we got in the ring. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even then, we didn't take it seriously. Well, <laughs> I, I was a little bit older, so I didn't want to break anything. Oh, but, but as far as I was concerned, it, it was for money, chalk, and marbles at, at that point. You know? Yeah, well, it, and, again, again, taking taking things seriously and taking th- things seriously in the ring. I'm reminded of a match against uh, 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 Steve, uh, uh, the, the Bhutan Dragon. Uh, Steve Morgan? Yes. Yeah, Steve Morgan, where uh, Deacon, Deacon Frost, thank you. Uh, that was the original name. Yeah. Um, that's why I was tripping on it. Like, Steve Deacon? No, that don't sound right. Um, but... Well, it, it, to, it, for, to your, in your defense, I never called him by his right name. I always, like, purposely messed up the Bhutan Dragon or whatever he was really called. Yeah, I kept calling him the Bhutan Dragon. Was... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there was a black dragon... And and I would always go back and forth, and I'm like, you mean this dragon? No, that dragon. What? What? Which dragon are you talking about? But the one the, with this mask or the one with the other mask? But the you know? uh, the the match itself. While in the match, you're out at, outside in the ring. I'm getting stomped to the ground, and each time uh, he'd put a boot to me, you'd make some smart ass comment, and I get stomped again, and another smart ass comment, I get stomped again, to the point that I'm screaming at you. Will you stop pissing him off? Like there was no seriousness in that <laughs> well the thing the things we have to one of the things we have to explain to the fans is steve is half deaf he can only hear out of one ear right so i didn't realize that the ear that the direction i was in he could actually hear what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> and each stop got a little harder <laughs> And because Steve was part, Steve was called Deacon Frost. So my big thing was I always wanted to team up Deacon Frost with Scotty Ice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Get him out of retirement and do it now. You base it off a of Game of Thrones. Just call him Winter is Coming. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely borrowing that. Absolutely, yes, that's the thing. <laughs> that's my next Facebook post. As soon as I get off this phone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, that's that. That'll lead into some great questions, though. Uh, get get back into the interview part of this. Although I've been enjoying the uh, the, the 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 trip down memory lane. Uh, Let's let's get into some of the more particulars and specifics uh, for you. What was more enjoyable throughout your career? Uh, this is going to be kind of a two-parter question. Would it be the in-ring work okay. as actual Freebird DC Laurie or more of the, as you said, 
coach role, uh, whether training or or bring as as a, uh, as a manager slash coach. Uh, that's part one. Mm-hmm. Part two, which was more enjoyable to you or brings back the most memories to you, was it working uh, the serious foods and matches and the slow burns, or was it more the goofy stuff like what we did with Youth Gone Wild, you know, the, the ice cream on the way to the hospital and giant and spins type things? Um, yeah, very good question. It's, it's, there's not going to be an easy answer to that. I didn't expect one. I, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, I, I think I'm always going to be a, a coach or a trainer first. I mean, there's a certain comfort to that, to knowing that you're you're giving back to the business, that you're trying to pass the torch to the next generation. You know, like at some point, you know, I'm 58, I'll be 59 this July, which means if you do the math, 60 next July, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do this forever, okay? You know, so at, at some point, I'm going to have to hang up the boots. But that being said, I also just bought a brand new singlet. <laughs> I did see that on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you saw the version... Where um, I, I said I'm buying this, you didn't see the version where, or, like, I actually DM'd it to a couple people and said, uh, "So, what do you think?" You know, right? Because okay. it, if uh, so, like, there's actually DM pictures of me in it because. Hold on one second. I'm trying to get this to shut up. My my TV talks now. It's like, shut up. Oh. My, um, yeah, so now that I've sent it to a couple of people, a couple of my students, and with me in the singlet saying, what do you think, I can now feel comfortable enough that the next time I see somebody who I trust to take a professional picture, like the Duchess or somebody, that, you know, I can actually put it out there and say, hey, what do you guys think of me in my new singlet? You know, that right. kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, so... What was your question? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <it's> all... <laughs> There's always going to be a part of me that enjoys being a coach, a trainer, especially now again, that I'm going to be running my own school instead of for somebody. This is mine. With, ironically, Mike Tovar, Bruce Wynn, and um, Stacy Atwater, Mike Tovar, I don't think you would know because he was from Wisconsin originally. Okay. So you guys you guys would have never... Officially seen, met, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bruce Wynn, you might have met when he was part of 38 Proof with Johnny Logan. He goes by uh, uh, Jackson Hex, Hex now. That sounds familiar. I, I probably and know I, him if I, I saw him. Yeah, I think it was Jackson Daniels back in the day. Um, good guy. His real name is Bruce Wynn. I'm trying to get him to change his gimmick name to, like, some kind of Batman gimmick, because Bruce Wynn, Bruce Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Jackman, he could play off of both. Yeah, there you go. You know, and, um, and ironically, his favorite character is 
Batman. Nice. So, yeah, you know, so one of my running uh, things with him is uh, if I ever talk him into being Batman, Jess can be Batgirl because Jess actually played, you know, it was a Halloween show, so she was dressed as Batgirl. Okay. Um, for the Halloween show, and Doc actually let her finally go out, but not with us, which pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> um, with somebody else, I want to say Big Country or Southern Justice, whatever he was calling himself at the time, but I don't know if that's right. But I remember her going out as Batgirl with somebody who, like, the gimmick did not match at all. <laughs> because, like, if he was, if it was. Big country. Well, either as the big country or Southern Justice gimmick, he's he's a cowboy, yeah? Okay. So what's that got to do with Batgirl? You know? And why is she going out with him when she was supposed to be part of our clique? You know, I'm the one who trained her, so why is she going out with him? So, like, but it is what it is. It, anyway, so I, I said to Jess, do you still have the Batgirl outfit and she's like I don't think so why I said because if I can talk Bruce into being Batman Bruce Wynn Bruce Wayne you can we can go find you another Batgirl gimmick and you can come out as Batgirl again and I said and I'll be Alfred (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) I'm already bald (laughs) they confused me I'll be uh, I'll be the Joker (laughs) (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not stepping back in. I have always said I've got one more left in me, but we we all know I'm not coming back. <laughs> I've gotten too comfortable in an interview chair. <laughs> yeah, let let's see what happens if you ever show up at my schools. Let's see what happens then. You know what? You, you know what? I've always been scared of going going back, even even to just work out because like. One, I'm scared I'll catch the bug again, and after all this time off, and this is this is shoot all this time off, all the injuries that I should have felt in my 20 year career have caught up to me. So all the things okay. I never felt that people wondered, how do you not feel that? I feel it every day, you know. So I don't know if my body can physically handle in the same way it used to. Uh, Two, I'm scared to death that I'll catch the bug and and you know my time like you know me man when I jump in I jump in head first you know what I mean yeah. I'm I, I'm in the deep end all in there there there's no waiting with the waiters on in the shallow end I jump deep first and uh, I don't mm-hmm. you know with 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 company and and being a father and a nine to five I don't know if I could devote that time. Like I used to, um, right. And of course, the the other thing I'm scared of, like we talked about before, getting that first match or even a mock match in the ring, and I forget how to call half the fucking shit we used to call. <laughs> I'm gonna give you that 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 thing that I spin around and do that thing. You think you you know the move I'm talking about? Just go with it. You know. What I mean? <laughs> you, know you used to say that all the time. And you, it never happened once. So that's like just one of your. That's like, you know how everybody on the planet has had the dream where they're uh, they have a test that they didn't study for and they go to class naked. Right. You know that's like all that is is your brain saying, "Hey, 
you know, you have to deal with the issue that you think you're not ready for something, but you really are as long as you studied and as long as you remembered to get dressed before you went to school, you'll be fine. <laughs> there's there's another thing I'm scared of. I'll show up naked. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that'll scare everybody. That would scare everybody. <laughs> but no, I mean... Um... But the point, the point I'm trying to make is because you worked with me getting doc students ready okay and you used to tell me that same issue that you were worried that you wouldn't remember how to call it this that and the other thing but you and i worked in the, in the ring together training doc's kids and you were absolutely fine in fact the only time you ever took umbrage umbrage if you will yeah. okay is the time that i said do you remember uh how to do, I, I don't remember what I asked you, it, but it was a, 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 a tag team specialist move. Double back and elbow. Sure. What was it? Double back and elbow the, with a double back elbow drop. We were giving it to, uh, to uh, oh my, what was her name? Uh, I, I apologize, Slayer, in advance for this, but it was Slayer's uh, wife. Well, see, and, and you're talking about not remembering something, and you remember exactly the move that I asked you to remember how to do. Right, <laughs> but I can't remember. I, I feel terrible. I can't remember her name. <laughs> Destiny. Uh, uh, Simply D. She's changed it several times. Right, She's but changed it several times. It was her. We were giving her the move for the other students to see, and you were and like, at the time, at the time, it was the Empress Simply Divine. Simply divine. Thank you. That was that was the name I was trying to look for, and uh, yeah. she she was nice enough to take the, the the double elbow double elbow drop from us, but it was you asking mm. me if I knew how to do a double. And I looked at you because again, uh, I I prided myself on being a tag team specialist with you going wild with East Coast connection mm -hmm. with the Fallen, and I just looked at you mm -hmm. like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, your exact words were who do you think you're talking to yep. <laughs> Cause I, I remember I, I may not remember what I asked you if you knew how to do which you remember but I remember your response who do you think you know who do you think you're because I, I, and my, I, I was like I don't know I've never worked with you before in the ring <laughs> and rule of thumb is when you're working with somebody in the ring for the first time you always ask them what do you know how to do <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah again we, we were never able to take anything serious you know you know how to do a back elbow are you serious <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, Which, it was a double back elbow, thank you, for, and it was a double back elbow drop, thank you very much. Which, uh, moral of the story, without ever working together before, and, and the little umbrage that we had with each other, we whipped the vine off the rope and nailed it perfectly. Timing completely off. Oh, of We've been working we for years. <laughs> no, no, not just me, of both of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember your reaction afterwards, you got up and you're like, okay, yeah, he, he, he knows tag team. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! You know, but if you remember correctly, that was that was a master's class. That was an advanced class that you and I were teaching that day, because all of Doc's students um, were. I was like, okay, does anybody ever do tag team shit with you? And they were all like, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like. Do you want to learn? And they were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so, that. 
you know, and it was like, all right, well, this, this, a lot of this might be stuff you've never learned before. So I'm going to start with a, it's a very specific way to run a rope because one guy might be going one way. The other guy might be going the other way. You know, it's a very specific way to roll and fall. Um, this, you know, you may think you know, <laughs> but the timing and pacing and, and everything involved is just a little bit different. And they're like, okay, so by the time we're finished, we were showing them, you know, falls and moves and stuff like that that they'd never seen before in their lives, mm-hmm. let alone knew how to take or give. Right. And if you remember correctly, by the end of the day, Simply Divine was the only one brave enough to even try the, the final stuff that we were working on. Everybody else was like, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch. <laughs> Which, which, which was typical of both Dan and I. Like, we start with the basics, and then all of a sudden we go into the advance, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, we came up with this shit, too. Uh, <laughs> it always wound up into, let's try something you've never done or seen before. Divine, come here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Now, and if you remember, a lot of people, because at Docs, even though, like, um, I had been a worker with the original wrestling fundraisers and started training people there and at Soul City. Like, like Doc himself didn't even know I had been a worker at one time. Right. Okay. He just thought that I was a, a director-producer who just happened to be smart in the business, you know. And so one night... I got in the ring and I was work. I don't remember who I was working with, but they were doing something. And I said, "No, you're doing it wrong. Let me show you." And I got in and I said, "This is what you're doing. This is what you should be doing." And Doc came out and said, "Do you see what are you doing?" Well, they're doing it this way. I'm showing them how to do it the right way. And then, you know, I, I, um, what's the word? I, I showed the maneuver, basically. I right. demonstrated. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't get the word out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Doc was like, oh, I didn't know you were a worker. I'm like, yeah, before. <laughs> See, I had that... Re- I had that kind of reaction the other day. Again, I remember I told you we did a uh, Surviving the Storm episode uh, live on Facebook li- uh, Live. And what that is, mm-hmm. is just what for people who don't know, what this is, uh, me and a, another guy from uh, Indiana sit together. It's actually two Chris's. It's kind of funny. Uh, so the tagline to it is a tale of two Chris's. Um, you know, we, and we just talk, you know, and get somebody to listen to during this time with the, the COVID-19 going on and shit. Uh, well, last episode was wrestling. And what started that is uh, we were talking about my career. And all of a sudden, I discovered that Chris from Indiana is also a former professional wrestler. Had no idea. Had no, it's like, you know, we were having a conversation, yeah. and all of a sudden, he finally slipped it out. I'm like, I had no idea you were a worker. <laughs> well, and it's funny how people find out, like, this has nothing to do with me, other than uh, Ada Marie told me the story one time. Um, Ada was somebody who came to Doc's, who was uh, eventually, well, actually her tryout, and you'll appreciate this because 
Um, her tryout for Docs was that her and her friend Desiree, uh, I think they were working as a tag team. I want to say that's correct. Okay. Okay. So sometimes you do to somebody else what you hate having done to you, but you have absolutely no other choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't have a spot for a, a girl's tag team. Right. Okay. But I said, look, I don't have that for you tonight. I said, but since you're both here, if you want to do a Japanese match, and they're like, a what? And I'm like, okay, I forgot you're new. (laughs) So, basically, in the old days, when you went to Japan, because uh, a lot of Japanese promotions couldn't afford to bring two tag teams from the States, they would have the, the tag team actually face off against each other. So somehow or another, that the term Japanese uh, you know, Japanese tag match came into being, or Japanese match, where the, ta- the the natural tag team from the states actually winds up working each other, right? In, um, in Japan, so literally my first match ever was a Japanese match because I had to go up against my own tag partner. <laughs> Except we were in Japan, we were in our home gym. Go figure. um so anyway i yeah so i explained to them how i got started and you know uh, there's a history behind it i said so what we could do is we could have you two go up against each other um and we could actually be have it for my son's uh my son's title and they're like okay well what's that and then i had to explain my son has muscular dystrophy in order to do awareness, um, my, because my son's in a wheelchair, he can't defend his own title. He, he has the featherweight title, um, and usually somebody has to defend it for him. If they win, they can hand it back to him. If they lose, then I have to pick somebody else to, to have go back after it again at another show. Right. And, and they said, well, that's a lot of pressure. I, I said... Actually, it's not. My son's not here tonight, so he's, if you screw up, he's not going to shake his head at you in shame. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let him get a hold of the exactly. video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when somebody does something wrong, he actually does do that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do it right, he laughs and smiles at you. So, yeah, he, he, he's been around the business for 20 He'll be 21. So all his life, basically. <laughs> Almost 21 plus glorious years. He's been around the business. <laughs> and, I'm, um, and I'm sure he's seen enough YGW stuff that he knows what's wrong, uh, how to do it wrong. He knows what wrong looks like. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I refuse to comment. You should know better. <laughs> Self, what's it called? Self-depredation? or can we get ice cream on the way to the hospital? <laughs> yeah. No, that was funny. That, that was, was funny. funny. <laughs> anyway. That was so random. Sorry, go we're ahead. Still famous for that. That we're is... still famous for that. Somebody mentioned that to me a couple, uh, couple three weeks ago. That one that one, and uh, Shiny Incident were our, our crowning achievements. They, they really were. It's like, right. even even so, even my wife, she's still to this day, like, she she not watch any of my matches. She won't watch any match. But she'll go on YouTube and watch mm-hmm. Shiny and Spins. Of course. She'll go and I watch Ice belt. Cream on the Way to the Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still have the belt. I still, and I call it the Shiny and Spins belt. I, anyway, 
So Ada says, well, that's a lot of pressure. I said, actually, it's the reverse if you think about it. Danny's not here. I said, um, it's literally my and my, my son's title, so I'm the one saying, yes, you can defend it. So, you know, and I know you're new to the business. I know you're used to being in tag team. So I know all of this going in. The only thing you have to do is don't look bad in front of the fans. If, if you mess up that only I notice or you notice, that's one thing. Don't make it obvious to the fans because that's one of the big things that newbies do. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go to do a move, screw it up, and instead of just moving on, they'll try to reset it again. No, leave it, let it go. Save it for next time. Okay? Because right now, the fans don't know that you screwed up. When you make it obvious, then they're going to start the you fucked up chant. So let it go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I said, plus, once we explain what you're doing, everybody's going to have a feel-good moment, okay, because one of you is going to be defending the title, and whichever one of you that winds up being, you're going to get a huge pop at the end when you win it. Right. You know? And even the heel in this point, you know, might still get some pop behind the fact that, hey, you know, well-fought match, blah, 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 blah. You know, and that's exactly how we explained it. And I said, all right, Ada, you're the smaller one. You're the face. You know, you're the one defending. Um, Des, obviously that makes you the heel. You know, both you guys, if you're tag partners, you know how to make each other look strong. You know, make sure you both look strong, even though, Ada, you're the one going over. You know, right. This way, when we bring you in as the tag, you know, the the uh, the tag opponents for for uh, Triple F, Femme Fatale Fury, next time, they, you know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, okay, I remember those two girls. They're the two that had to face off against each other for... You know, the, the featherweight title, which we now call anyweight title, but at the time it was the featherweight title. Um, blah, 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 you know. And when they came out, came back, uh, you know, after the match and, you know, came back in the locker room area, they were sweating. They were nervous. They had these looks on their faces that I swear to, to God... The only time I've ever seen this look on anybody's face is after a match and after somebody has defended Danny's title and when they come up to me and say, did we do a good job for Danny? It's it's a very specific look. I've only ever saw it in, in those cases. Right. But and, and I cannot describe it to you unless you've actually <laughs> been in the locker room to see it. But... They they had that look, and I'm like, oh my god, you two were fine. You know, like yes, I've already talked to Doc. We're inviting you back to work Triple F. You know, the the next time there's a free booking, and they were like, oh my god, are you sure? We were so nervous. I said I could tell because I've been doing this forever. The fans <laughs> couldn't. You were fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you what. As much as I've been enjoying this, we are a two hour mark for a half an hour show so i definitely yes. I, I think what i'm gonna have to do is i'm gonna have to bring you back up for part two 
uh, obviously. Part two, on, uh, this is already four parts. This is already four <laughs> parts, right? But I mean, I'll have you back on where we could de- delve even deeper into the career and and some of the story, and because there's plenty more to go. Uh, trust me, I know this. He's got thirty mm. years behind him on this. But I definitely want to make sure we give the shine to the fact that you had mentioned the fact that you were opening up your new school. So go ahead and tell everybody what's going on with that, where it's going to be, and obviously when this is going to start after the coronavirus situation for my lips. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start my shameless plug by answering the question that you started to try to ask me <laughs> <laughs> very shortly. Okay. When I first got into the business, I think I was 80 pounds less than I am now, so I was like 5'8", 145, okay? Okay. Um, I'm still 5'8", obviously, but 222, and I'm no longer on the, the right side of, of 30. I'm on the wrong side of 50. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting so, at 43, I know how I, you feel. <laughs> yeah. So what I tell... Anybody that walks into my school, okay, and after 30 years, I think this is my sixth attempt at this school. So, and somebody on another radio show said, oh, well, you must really know what you're doing if this is your sixth time. And I said, I do, except how to make money at it. That's why it's my sixth time. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know. There's a lot of my students working in the business right now, but, like, I'm not seeing any of that money. But anyway, what I tell everybody when you walk in, learn exactly the way I learned how to do it. From the very bottom all the way to the very top. Learn how to do security. Learn how to be ring crew. Learn how to... uh, you know, what the job of taking tickets is, you know, what it means to make sure that, you know, the card goes, you know, taped up to the locker room, you know, learn every single aspect, you know, putting up the chairs, if we have chairs, how much do the chairs cost? Do we need to rent them? Do we need to buy them? All of this is going to make sense at one point or another. So, you know, you start your way at the bottom, you know, setting up the chairs, putting them back again, setting up the ring, putting it back again, taking tickets if you have to, working security if you have to. We also have our own production company. Besides learning how to work the mic, okay, learn how to hold the mic. Besides learning how to talk into a camera, learn how to hold the camera. Okay, because as you're working your way up and paying your dues and doing all these jobs, by the time you're finally allowed to get in the ring, okay, in front of fans, and only then after you've done all these other things and you've paid your dues in the ring, you've run the ropes, you've taken your bumps, you learned how to do um, uh, combinations, uh, reverses from, you know, the holds, you know how to do chain, you know, everything, everything, okay? Eventually, you're going to want to be a booker because you're going to get older. You're not going to know how to do it anymore. <laughs> well, you know how to do it. You just can't, okay? <laughs> you might want to be a director or producer, okay? Make everybody else look good and sound good. You might want to be, God 
bless your soul, a promoter, and then really know every single job I taught you on the way, you're going to have to know how to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then assign the proper person to it, because some people can do it all. God bless them. I'm not one of them. I like to teach them how to do it and then have that trust in that person to know that, okay, they learn from me, they know how to do it my way. Not necessarily the right way, my way. And eventually, guys are going to learn that there's three sides to a story. His story, her story, and, and what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, your side, their side, and what really happened. So, you know, and that's what we do at our school because, again, you may start out thinking you only want to be a fan and then find out you caught the blog, the, the bug like the rest of us and want to, you know, get in there and start jumping around, okay? Mm -hmm. Or you may want to be the next, uh, who's popular right now? But since we mentioned in passing, CM Punk used to be very popular not right. too long ago. Okay, um, you know, you might want to be the next, uh, actually, uh, Daniel Bryan I like a lot, so let's mention him. There you uh, go. I like him as well. Um, you know, but you might find out that because of your size or because of your disposition or because of your uh, medical-ish, Something, somewhere, somehow, or another, you might not be able to do it anymore, okay? Does that mean you have to leave the business completely? Well, no, it doesn't. Because if you went to a school like mine and you had to learn how to pay your dues before you could learn how to pay it forward, you already know how to do it from the very beginning to the very end, from the very bottom to the very top. And somewhere in there, you said to yourself, gee, if I can't jump in the ring any longer, I think I would like to do this. And you already know how to do that, because we taught you how to do it. <laughs> 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 so, after 30-plus glorious years, when, when you're... You doing your final run might not actually be a thing any longer... <laughs> You know how to do something else, okay? That's what we offer at our school. Okay? Nice. Now, where can people get their uh, get the information if they want to try out for the school, or maybe their workers that just want a facility to, to, to work out in, or maybe even help with the training? Like, where can they where can they contact to get the information, address, phone number, the the like to, to well, for the school? Right now, the best way to do it is just to contact me directly. Um, one, because I don't remember the address of the school, and two, because it's not open until after the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> War War so, Z. Yeah, you can reach me, Dan Laria, L-A-U-R-I-A, on Facebook. Um, it'll say, it'll see, it'll be me and the Diamond Desire, who we've been calling Jess Cooper, because that's her real name, um, all day. You'll see a picture of me and her in the ring at uh, Crossroads. And, um, and by the way, yes, you. in case you're wondering, uh, Jess did pick the name Diamond Desire as an homage to Doc Diamond. Nice. Okay. 
and because uh, I said you can do Fury, because I, that's where I met her. I said you could do some kind of name that has something to do with Fury, or since we met at Docs, and I'm, that's where I trained you, you can do something to homage Docs. And she says, "How do you feel about Diamond Desire?" I said, "Perfect. Let's 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 run with it." <laughs> and um, you know, and on the Facebook, like I said, it'll be a picture of me and her. Um, and in, in in the parentheses, it'll say DC, so it'll be Dan Laurie DC. My um, on my phone, you can actually see my my theme song. I don't know if that's true on all theme, all of them, but um, you know, you'll see uh, my theme song is Freebird, obviously the Freebird DC Laurie. Okay, so. Do me a favor. Do not contact the actor Dan Laria from the Wonder Years, because <laughs> he'll be wondering what the fuck. <laughs> you know, because that's happened before. So we know we that, that we both exist. <laughs> but since he's a little bit more famous and a lot more famous than I am, I would ask you to do me the favor. Make sure you get the right Dan Laria. I will um, say this much, though. If you contact the other one, ask him if he'd like to do an interview for Breaking the Fourth Wall. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Quick, plus shameless plug on my end. <laughs> Not the first time you've done that. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so, but yeah, so on on my Facebook, uh, my it, if it says info about, it says my um, Dan Laria at Comcast.net. So if you don't remember from this, just it's it's right there. Also, my cell phone number, uh, I give it up freely because it's really, except to check on my kids, it's the only time I use my cell phone is to promote the school. And that's uh, 610-513-6924. If you don't call me without texting me and saying who you are first, because I promise you I will not answer the phone. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm programmed. <laughs> I'm programmed into his phone. I'm programmed into his phone, and he still won't answer me. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once the, the zombie apocalypse is lifted, uh, we will be training out of um, Claymont, Delaware. Before the school was called by something else at one time. Um, but literally, it's like you take Ridge Avenue, uh, and it's like as soon as you leave Marcus Hook and go into Claymont, it's it's on the left. I'll I'll get the exact ad- address. I know it's in a warehouse, Building C, and there's other stuff involved. But anyway, I'm not Jaden who who like has everything memorized and, and can cut a promo. You ask him one question, he cuts a promo for the whole thing. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but. We are going to, I do know when we're going to be open. It's Monday through Thursday, 6 to 9, 6 to 10, if you all behave yourself. So I'll make it another hour so that we can go, um, you know, four hours, four nights. And then uh, as part of the process of you training, um, we're going to do like little mock shows, like little mock TV tapings. Like the old Outlaws um, Den. Exactly. Okay, and we're going to do those once a month, or maybe even twice, but at least once a month where you come in as if you're coming in on call. You know, uh, here's your, you know, this is your match. This is who you're going over. 
you know, this is how much time you have, blah, 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 we're taping the whole thing, uh, you know, bring the loved one so that they can be a plant in the audience and, and you know, so they know who's booing and who's cheering, why, um, and we're going to do it from beginning to end as if it's, you're in front of live fans, because you are, you're in front of your family. And God knows your family can be your, your worst critic sometimes, your best and your worst. So <laughs> you get you get the full effect. And we also have um, an agreement with Top Rope Wrestling, who uh, I don't know all the details. I just know that it's a thing. Top Rope has some kind of thing with um, AWA in the UK. So they're going to be coming to... Uh, when they come, we don't call it the Academy, we call it the Arena. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, so they're going, to be, they're going to be coming to the Arena once a month for TV taping that goes on YouTube and uh, Goku? No, Goku. Roku? Goku. Roku, that one. <laughs> Roku. And they're also, they're, they're also no, Goku's a, the... Dragon Ball Z guy, right? Right, he's a character from Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Z. I get them confused sometimes because I actually use Goku to um, explain how we do certain things in, in the school. But anyway, um, and they're on broadcast TV in the UK. So you get to be on YouTube and Roku here and then broadcast TV on the UK. So you have I, I guess you have to watch a language. I'm not sure how it works in, in Great Britain. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, and come hell or heck, you know, I was going to say come hell or high water, but I'm like, wait, we're not on broadcast. There's no sense up here. There's a, there's a, there's a mature rating on the, uh, on the episode. <laughs> so once we get our school up and running again, hopefully we'll finally get to go to Canada and go see John Pizza Man Barrett like we were supposed to a couple of years ago and never got there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Canada may be in our future, and, and with Top Rope, you know, the uh, Great Britain may be in our future. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is right now, come to our school, get trained. You'll at least be able to work in Jersey, um, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hey, everybody starts somewhere. I came from South Philly, and I got to work all the way to Colorado. So, I mean, you know, it can happen. You just gotta have the uh, gotta ha- gotta have the uh, drive to make it happen. Exactly. But uh, God knows the only reason we ever drove to West Virginia is because we had a show there. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> that's for part. That's for part two or part five, as as, as Dan pointed out. Guys, thank you very much mm-hmm. for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this. And, uh, I am going to have Dan back on. It was a pleasure uh, reliving this. It's been a while since we talked, and uh, it's fun just to hear the stories. Uh, I definitely want to get more of them in because I know there's more to be told. Uh, so we will definitely, hopefully, set up for another episode here very, very soon. But you guys, thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this in any capacity, hit that thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts cast of realm of the mist entertainment and of course our sister channel sounds dicey gaming for tabletop and and video game let's play and of course if you prefer your podcast in audio only format you can find realm of the mist entertainment on anchor.fm apple itunes uh spotify pandora or wherever quality podcasts can be heard again guys thank you for joining us thank you to our guests and i will catch you on the next 
breaking the fourth wall. Have a good night.